Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Schoenstatt Way of Life podcast. I am your host, Julia Manin, author of the book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers. And this is the podcast for May of 2020. And if you're paying really close attention and have been following this podcast from the beginning, then you know that we are celebrating our one-year anniversary of this podcast. The first podcast was released a year ago, May of 2019. So thanks for staying with me. We've been at this a year already. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, Today, I have a very special show in store for you. Um, Special in the sense that it's near and dear to my heart. I have been inspired recently by um, the Daughter Shrine in Austin, Texas. So if any of you are in that area or are members of the movement in Austin, um, you've inspired this podcast. So shout out to you. I've been seeing a few of your videos about the shrine stories that you guys have been um, posting, you know, during the quarantine, and it's inspired me to share my own shrine story. So this is, um, I'm hoping, what I'm hoping is part one of my shrine stories. I'm hoping to bring on a special guest next month who would give us another perspective on this and, and have a part two to this. Um, But in any event, today we're doing part one, and that's where I'm going to be sharing with you um, my own shrine story, my first and then my second visit to some daughter shrines, pilgrimages I've made, and the special graces and gifts that I received at these pilgrimages and beyond. So as we are preparing ourselves to discuss this, let's go ahead and put ourselves in the presence of God. I want to read to you scripture. This is from Genesis chapter 28 verses 10 through 19. It reads, Jacob departed from Beersheba and proceeded toward Haran. When he came upon a certain place, he stopped there for the night, since the sun had already set. Taking one of the stones at the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. Then he had a dream. A stairway rested on the ground with its top reaching to the heavens, and God's angels were going up and down on it. And there was the Lord standing beside him and saying, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you are lying, I will give to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and through them you will spread to the west and the east, to the north and the south. In you and your descendants, all the families of the earth will find blessing. I am with you and will protect you wherever you go and bring you back to this land. I will never leave you until I have done what I promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he said, Truly the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. He was afraid and said, How awesome this place is. This is nothing else but the house of God, the gateway to heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head, set it up as a sacred pillar, and poured oil on top of it. He named that place Bethel, whereas the former name of the town had been Luz. Often I use this scripture passage when I am doing a teaching on the home shrines, when we're, when we're talking about um, members of the movement dedicating their home shrine, and, and when we're talking about the different shrines in the movement. And I feel like there's such a beautiful connection between this, this Old Testament scripture, what's happening with Jacob here, and this awareness that here he's just laying down, and what he feels like is this ordinary place, and then he has this great vision, and he realizes that this place itself is holy ground, right? That the Lord God has made himself present here, and then he anoints it. He he renames the place, right? We hear that at the very end of that passage. He named that place Bethel, which means house of God, whereas form, the former name of the town had been Luz. 
And he says in here how awesome this place is. And I think in a very real way, this is what this movement gives us this opportunity for in that in dedicating our home shrines as as these places of grace, that there are ordinary homes, perhaps we've been living them in them for years, perhaps, perhaps they're new, I don't know, wherever you're where you're at in your home journey, but it's an ordinary place where we invite the Blessed Mother and the Lord Jesus in a very special way into our homes and into the hearts of our family members. Of course, we're not having a teaching on that today. That's not what this episode is about. But this passage talks about and just uh, and just shows us scriptural um, proofs of of that the Lord does do this. That the Lord does, in fact, take ordinary places and turn them into special places of grace. And of course, we have that in our daughter shrines and, and the original shrines, the daughter shrines, of course, which are exact replicas of the original shrine in Schoenstatt, Germany, where this movement was founded. But we have that in our in our daughter shrine all over the world. And it was in, again, I'm sharing with you my own shrine story on on this episode. It was in um, February of 2017. This was after my husband and I had made our covenant. We made our covenant in 2010. So we had been members of the movement since since that time. Um, So for seven years, um, we were married in 2007. So we were approaching our 10th wedding anniversary at this time, and my husband had a trip planned to Texas. And again, shout out to all of you who are living in Texas. Please don't be offended by this. Um, but at that time, I really had no desire to go to Texas. Um, like to me, like just the dry heat, even in February, like, I don't know, I think I was frightened by it. I'm like naturally get hot all the time. So I was like, I don't really have any desire to go there. But my husband had a, um, a conference scheduled there. And so he was going. And of course, I didn't want to leave his side. So I wanted to go with him. And I was in this period of, um, wow, great turmoil at that time. Um, I had recently finished um, pouring my my blood, sweat, and tears, and and years and years of work into putting together um, my manuscript of the world is noisy, God whispers. I had recently, at the end of 2016, sent it off to a publisher that I really just felt like God was opening one door after the next door after the next door after the next door, where I really just felt like it was it was God's will that this mainstream huge Catholic publisher was going to publish my my book which i realize seems like crazy because who am i i you know and and anyway i realize it seems crazy but it really just seemed like the doors kept opening that this was god's will and so i kept walking through these doors and i i was i had an opportunity very god providential opportunity to hand deliver my manuscript to one of the um one of the leaders in that organization and when he took it i thought for sure like he 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 promised me you know that he would read it but he couldn't promise that that it would be god's will for them to publish it and i of course respected that and understood that but in my heart, I just felt like, well, you say that, but this is totally God's will and it's going to happen. Long story short, at the end of 2016, about a month or so after I had given um, this this group my manuscript, I got my rejection that um, that they that it wasn't the right fit for them. They had good things to say about it, had positive feedback, encouraged me to continue writing, um, but yeah, that it just wasn't for their audience, um, which is accurate. And when I look in hindsight, I, I recognize that now. But at that time, I was completely crushed. 
crushed. I had been pouring everything into putting this book together. And for those of you that are following me pretty regularly, you know that my my book is just it's just my journal. So it's it's uh, it's a compilation of journal reflections I wrote from the years 2013 to 2015. But it took me years to like put it into a reader friendly format um, and to to really come to terms with the fact that I was going to be exposing myself in such a raw way to a wider audience. You know, when you journal, you don't expect to share it with anyone. And I I had those same expectations when I began to journal. I did not know I was writing a book. Um, but that's where God w- had put it on my heart that that was his will. And so I had spent years leaving my job in the world, putting this book together, give it to this publisher only to then have it rejected. And it was just like I was punched in the gut and I didn't know where to go. So this was at the end of 2016. And when I got that rejection, I remember curling up in the fetal position in my closet, which that's not a joke. I literally came home, curled up in the fetal position in my my closet and just bawled. And I remember telling God, like, I don't have a plan B. I, I don't know what to do with this next. Like, if this isn't their will to publish it, then I don't know where to go with it. And so I was I was ready to, to be done with it. And I thought, well, maybe this isn't God's will at all. Maybe I'm not meant to publish this. Um, and so I, I just put a pin in it. And again, this was like, I think it was the end of November of 2016. Well, 2016. Again, February 2017, my husband had this trip planned to Austin, Texas. And I was still running around with, you know, what am I supposed to do with this book? I, I in my head, was saying, I'm done with it. I'm not going to do it. Um, but my heart knew that it was still God's will, that it was meant to be shared in some way. So I was weighing all of those options out and and discerning how how where do I go from here? And so this trip, it was time for us to take this trip. So we headed out to Austin, Texas. And before we left, my mother, who's been involved in the movement for um, over, I don't even know how long, longer than me, um, she's been involved in the movement since the early 2000s, I believe. She said, you know, I believe there's a daughter shrine in Austin, Texas. So maybe you should check it out when you're there. See if you're close to it. Maybe you could pay a visit. At this point in my journey, my husband and I had never been to a daughter shrine. And of course, I wasn't participating in the conference. And so I had plenty of time on my hands. So yeah, I told my mom, yeah, I'll check it out when we get there. We'll see if we're close. When we got to the hotel after a long day of travel and we, we were resting into the hotel that evening and I pulled up my my app to find local Catholic um, churches and mass times. And wouldn't you know that the shrine in Austin, Texas was the very first um, church that popped up. It was closest to the hotel. In fact, at some places in the hotel, be- because of how the shrine sits, I could e- we could even see it from the hotel, like we were even that close, like only in certain places, but we were that close to it. And so on the first day of the conference, my husband and I were planning on going there during his lunch break to, to just pay an initial visit, to just check out the grounds um, and, and make that initial trip to the shrine. And so we went to do that, and a colleague of his, a friend and a colleague of his, um, decided to go with us. So we, I met them on their lunch break. We drove over to the shrine, and on the whole drive there, I'm telling this his colleague, I'm giving a, a brief history of the Shunstop movement and talking about the graces of the shrine and, and talking about Father Kentonick. And, and of course, this is like in the five minutes it took us to get there. But we arrived at the shrine, and we, we walked into the, um, the daughter shrine and spent some time in prayer. 
And, you know, I've, of course, pouring my heart out about this, this book and um, just what had seemed like an epic failure, you know, where I was lost in my, in my distress, lost in my despair, and just wondering, like, where, where am I supposed to take it from here? Where am I supposed to go from here? And so I'm throwing that all on the Blessed Mother and throwing that all on the Lord Jesus in this, this shrine. And I have to say, too, in the back of my head this whole time, um, you know, I, I mentioned to you, my husband and I were preparing to celebrate our 10th wedding anniversary in August of 2017. This was February. At this point, we had still not have had children. We had, um, I had a pregnancy and a miscarriage in, I believe it was 2013. Um, but that was my only pregnancy and, um, we hadn't had one since. And so of course we're, we're longing for children and carrying that cross of, of infertility and of a childless home. And we were at different places with that. I was always in a place of hope. Like I just felt like it was a timing thing. Um, and that, it, you know, cause we had been to a lot of doctors, had a lot of different things done. People were telling us that, well, maybe it's this, try that, try this, but nobody was giving a, us a definitive, you know, there's an issue. You can't have children. And so there was this always this hope in me that it was God's will. In fact, it was more than just a hope. I, I really felt like that was God, what was God was telling me in prayer, that um, it was his will for us to have children. It just wasn't his time yet. My husband, on the other hand, had reached a place of, um, you know, a greater struggle with this. Being in the medical field himself, you know, he just, you know, not had written it off. Um, but, you know... <clears throat> Just had thought if it hasn't happened yet, there's a reason biologically, scientifically that it hasn't happened. And so it's probably not going to happen. And so in the back of my mind, as we're making this pilgrimage, of course, I'm, I'm thinking about um, our marriage, thinking about the possibility of having children and praying about that. It wasn't at the forefront of my prayer like the book was, because that was weighing so heavily on my heart at that time, but it was definitely there. And I remember going to the shrine and on the trip there and on the trip home and, you know, telling the Blessed Mother very comically and humorously, you know, if I came home with a baby this weekend, I would be sure to tell everybody it was because of you. You know, that's what I'm telling the Blessed Mother. So I'm saying that in the back of my mind and in the forefront of my mind, of course, I'm pouring out um, just all of the, the struggles I am having with the publication of this book and, and pouring that all out. And so we visit the shrine, my husband, myself, this friend and colleague of his, um, we spend some time in prayer. We head back to the hotel to grab a quick bite of eat, to grab a quick bite to eat. And then these two were supposed to return to their conference. Again, long story short, they never returned. <laughs> we got just engrossed in conversation and then talks about the spiritual life and, and they never made it back to their conference that afternoon. And I think our conversation carried on into like not the wee hours of the morning, but 10, 11 o'clock at night until finally we decided like we need to go to bed. And so we returned to, we turned again, they never made it back to their conference that day. They went back to their conference Saturday morning, everybody was asking like, what happened to you guys? <laughs> anyway, we got lost in the heavens, I guess, so to speak. Um, but my husband and I were able to make a return to the shrine before we went back or before we went to the airport to fly home. And again, I'm pouring out my heart, pouring out all of these things. Um, and I'm sitting out at the wayside shrine on Saturday morning as we are making our way back to the airport to fly home. And I'm sitting at the wayside shrine and I'm praying the joyful mysteries. And it was at this time that I received just a really um, tremendous grace of, of peace and comfort to know what I was supposed to do with the book from this point on. And I got to the third joyful mystery, of course, the nativity of our Lord. And I'm praying that. And as soon as I'm thinking about the Lord Jesus 
God, you know, this God man incarnate come come to save us, the Messiah of the world is born in this lowly manger, in this lowly place. And I received this grace and it and it all of a sudden hit my heart that if a manger is good enough for our Lord to be born in, then certainly self-publishing is good enough for my lowly book, you know? And I had this awareness that the birth, the humbler the birth, the greater that God's glory can be revealed in it. And this awareness, because you see, self-publishing was one of the options I was weighing out. But to me, it didn't see, it seemed like um, if you self-publish your book, like you did, you're not a real author, you're not a real writer, you know, it's just like you did it yourself, you couldn't find a real person to do it for you. So you just took it on your own, you did it yourself. So I had all these negative connotations with this idea of self publishing. But in this moment at the Austin Daughter Shrine, which, by the way, is is titled Bethlehem Cradle of Sanctity, at this Austin Daughter Shrine that I received this grace on that Saturday morning, on, at the wayside shrine, that if the Lord Jesus himself can be born in a manger, then certainly I can self-publish my book. Very providentially, the Lord also brought into my life that weekend while we were traveling um, a, a, a person who I knew could help with this. And so I I went back home knowing that she was the one that I needed to, to reach out to, knowing that if I was meant to self-publish it, she could help me do it and do it right. Um, and so set up a meeting with her upon my return home and that snowballed into us actually finishing that book. And by November of 2017, the book was in print and available for purchase. And so amazing grace I received from this pilgrimage that we made to the shrine in Austin, Texas. And if you think that was good, let me just also say that we did, in fact, also come home with a baby that weekend. And it was in December of 2017 that we welcomed home our firstborn son, Anthony. And so we did receive these miracle graces. Not only did I receive this this grace of, of peace and knowing what the Lord's will was with this book and proceeding with that, we also received this beautiful gift of life after nearly 10 years of marriage that we, were, we had been waiting on it. So what a miraculous gift of our first trip to a daughter shrine. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And part two of this, which I'm hoping to record and share with you next uh, month, would be that friend and colleague that was with us, you know, this innocent bystander who's not a member of the movement, who's never heard of the movement, and what his experience was like visiting the shrine for that first time. And so I'm hoping to have him on the show next month where he can share his story. Um, but for now, isn't that amazing, right? So we received these 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 miracles, these graces of, of making this pilgrimage to the shrine, and we came home with this, not only with new life in my womb, but with this renewed sense of hope of, okay, this really is God's will. I am meant to publish this book, and here's where I need to go from there, from here. And so that continued to unfold. Now I want to offer just a little bit. My husband and I made a return trip to a daughter shrine. This time, the, the daughter shrine in Waukesha, Wisconsin, um, we made a return trip just about a year after the birth of my son and the publication of my book, which very providentially, that was a, just so you know, that the fact that those two things happened like on top of each other has been um, very profound for me. And, and in this, this ministry, I feel the Lord is calling you to, and in, in my new vocation of, of, as a mother, but that's a story for another day, but about a year. So November of 2019, is that right? 
well, I guess it was almost, yeah, it was November 2019. So I had my son in 2017. That's when the book was published, 2017. It was 2009, November 2019 that, no, that wasn't right. That would have been last November. 2018. I, I'm sorry. It was November 2018 that we made a return trip to Waukesha, um, the shrine in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And so my husband and my son went to the shrine. Um, all in, in really an act of thanksgiving for all the gifts and the graces that the Blessed Mother and the Lord Jesus has poured out on our life in the past year. And also in the deepest part of our hearts, I will just say that my husband and I also have been longing for more children. And so we thought, well, it worked the one time going to the daughter shrine. Maybe if we just make another pilgrimage to a daughter shrine, we'll come home with um, with more children, with another child. Now, I'm going to go ahead and fast forward and let you know that that did not happen this time, okay? So so my husband and I are still, um, you know, longing for that, and, and as God wills, you know, of course. But that wasn't the graces we received when we made this return trip, this this pilgrimage of gratitude, where we were really making this pilgrimage to thank the Blessed Mother and, and to take our son there for the first time to a daughter shrine. Um, so we went there, we, we spent time in prayer and Thanksgiving, we made this, we made this trip and the graces we received that time, or I, I should say I, because my husband's story, of course, we would have to have him on to hear, to hear his side of this, but the graces we received that time, or I received that time, um, one, I was really struggling again, struggling with this ministry, struggling with this work that I'm feeling called to do as a writer and as a speaker and, and struggling with, you know, the numbers here we are a year after I've published this book and I was just really disappointed with the fruitfulness of it and I was overly concerned with the numbers you know I wasn't on any best-selling lists I you know I, I I haven't received any of these this big public recognition and so in my head it was just like I'm failing you know I'm failing the fruitfulness of this ministry is failing and and maybe I should give up and you know all the doubts just start entering in again at that point so I took all of that to the shrine in Wisconsin um, when we made that pilgrimage and I was laying that at the feet of the Blessed Mother and turning that over to the Lord. And I will say upon my return from that trip, I noticed that my over-concern with all of that had gone away, that I was no longer being consumed. I was no longer defining the fruitfulness of this work by numbers, which is a huge thing because you can really get consumed and obsessed with the numbers and it can lead you to places that are not good and not healthy and just... Um, not in any way the truth, right? Because we, we recognize that God's fruitfulness can't be measured um, by what by our standards that we have here, by numbers and book sales and all of that good stuff. It's it's nonsense. And so that what a huge grace that I received from the, the pilgrimage there that time. And also in hindsight, looking back, I didn't realize this at, at the time, but in hindsight, looking back, I believe that my husband and I and my son as well, we, we received the grace at that pilgrimage, um, the grace to suffer, the grace to suffer well, the strength that we needed for the year of suffering that was about to about to entrap our little family. Um, and to give you the short end of that, my um, that was at that trip where my son, who um, was never, he was a good sleeper early on, and then about four months of age just became a really bad sleeper. And then it was just kind of there at that trip where it got really bad. And um, the whole next year was a year of sleepless nights for all three of us. I mean, up every hour or so um, and, and just struggling. And as it turns out, this was related to 
um, a skin condition. My son has eczema. And as we later found out was allergy related eczema. So here we found out he has all these, these food allergies. And, um, and here we were giving him these foods every day, not knowing. And so it was making this situation worse. And so he wasn't sleeping. I wasn't sleeping. My husband wasn't sleeping. Um, but I believe that the Lord was using that time of suffering, um, to purify us as a family was, we, we were offering it all up to him. So certainly I believe in, in the power of redemptive suffering and it was a beautiful time for all three of us but I believe in hindsight looking at that that it began really it really did because we can remember that he slept terrible on that trip in the hotel and it only continued when we left that pilgrimage and I believe that the the blessed mother the Lord Jesus was giving us that grace to carry that cross and and to carry it for the most part um, very 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 virtuously Um, so anyway so that was that second grace so we didn't come home with a baby um, uh, any new babies but we did come home with a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of um, redemptive suffering to give to the Lord. So isn't that great as well? Yes, right? We we rejoice when the Lord gives us good things. Why aren't we also rejoicing when suffering finds us? And that's scripture. I think in Job, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but um, yes. Anyway, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord, right? So those are like my shrine stories. First of all, this this miraculous trip, this providential trip to the Austin Shrine in Texas, the Austin Daughter Shrine, and then this this return pilgrimage of Thanksgiving and gratitude where we, we went back to um, the Shrine in Wa- Waukesha. And so our next trip is scheduled to go back out to Waukesha this fall, assuming it's all can still go. I know we're in this moment of quarantine. We were supposed to go in June for, um, as, as you know, as I mentioned on the podcast, I'm, I'm the keynote speaker at an event that was supposed to happen in June, um, which is now now going to be happening this this fall. So that is when we're scheduled to go back. So I'm looking forward to that. So these these pilgrimages that we make, and of course in this movement, we can make them to the daughter shrines. We also have our home shrines. We have wayside shrines. Um, we have the traveling shrines where all of these graces that are coming from the original shrine, the grace of apostolic zeal, the grace of inner transformation, the grace of being at home, where all of these different shrines related to our to the movement are extensions of that original shrine. And of course, we're receiving those graces as well. And so that's my shrine story. And I offer that to you today as um, maybe just uh, just a message of hope, a message of encouragement, a message of it's legit. These graces in, in this movement, the graces in the shrine are real power graces. This this movement is a powerhouse of grace, and so it's real. And so that's just proof of a couple examples in my own life. Okay, so now I have a very special little um, segue before we close in prayer. I have no idea if this is going to work, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring on just the most special guests I've ever had on any of my podcasts. So I'm going to go get him. I'm going to bring him up, and I'm already warning you, I have no idea if this is going to work, but we're going to give it a try. So without further ado, here is my son, Anthony Monin. Microphone. It's a microphone. Can you say hi into the microphone? Hi, microphone. <laughs> hi, microphone. Can you tell everybody what your name is? Anthony Joseph Monin. And do you know how old you are, Anthony Joseph Monin? Okay, he's already distracted, but that is my son, AJ, and AJ is almost two and a half, actually. He is two and a half, and so you hear him now, and now he wants to color, which is all good, but I thought... 
just just so you know, I'm not lying to you about all these graces from the shrine and from the amazing graces that my husband and I received at that first trip to Austin, Texas. There it is from the mouth of babes, right? <laughs> so um, so again, thank you for being with me here today. Thank you for being on, on the show as we uh, celebrate our one-year anniversary of this podcast. And I hope that these shrine stories of my own inspire you and encourage you in your own life. And maybe someday, God willing, to make a pilgrimage yourself to one of the daughter shrines. And so let us go ahead and close this podcast in prayer. We're going to close with the prayer of thanksgiving. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. With heartfelt love, I thank you, Mother dear. With you to guide me, I need have no fear. When all around seemed dark and drear and gray, you stood as a beacon for a brighter day. Your smile illumined every wakeful hour. You did uphold me with your gentle power. Thanks, a thousand thanks to you. To God shall be now and for all eternity. Amen.